It's April 5th, 2020, and this is Diz Podopolis, where we talk about Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and everything in between. A dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep in dreams. Your dreams in Sunday, your rainbow will come shining through. No matter how hard it's screaming, if you keep on believing, the dreams that you wish will come true. Well, I want to welcome you back to Diz Podopolis, and this is episode 35. And we have a special topic tonight um, that We've kind of waited a little bit to talk about, so everyone had kind of had a chance to talk about it before we talked about it, because we do not know how to put together a podcast without spoiling absolutely every moment of every minute of every movie for you. So (laughs) (laughs) that's just how we roll. So um, I want to, Fiona, you want to say hello to everybody out there? Hey, work! We're, We're at Disney World! And, and the mic is huge. And and you're... Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't think this is real. <laughs> oh, are you alluding to our background? Yes. Okay, yeah, so we're getting really fancy on this Podopolis. And when we do our Skype calls, we've started putting in pictures in the background. And ours is a lovely sunset um, behind Beach Club and the Yacht Club. And you want to tell them what uh, what Ryan is what's behind him? Okay, so it's our and there needs to be more videos on our YouTube channel, but it's like our latest <laughs> toy video, the Simba Willy Lego set. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm Colleen, so um, I hope you guys are having a great uh, week. Uh, we just we're recording this on Memorial Day, and it'll probably come out sometime really soon. And we hope you guys um, are having a safe and wonderful time with your family. And Ryan, why don't you say hi to everybody out there? Hi, Mom. Hi, Aunt Dolores. How are you doing? Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us. We're glad to have you here. And yes, I think the theming of this episode is is trying to be a or these week weekend episodes is thinking that every. Everything you go through will be happy. Always look at the bright side of life. Yes. Yes. Well, I think that's a very important lesson that we all learn from Monty Python and Pollyanna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Preview of coming attractions. We'll play the glad game. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That will. Now, our next episode is going to be on Pollyanna because they just celebrated its sixty-year uh, anniversary, which is shocking. Which... But my opening gave us a clue about what this episode will actually be about. Yes, yes. So you were talking about when Barley bar- bar- got shrunk, uh-huh. where it, it it was where he thought he was there to his situation that we need more gas. And here I thought I was. We were at the situation where we're at Disney World again. Yes, yes. Poor Barley got shrunk instead of the gas can getting bigger. And I think we have a bit of, bit of an update with the corona, with the coronavirus. A uh, a update troop Wait. name, the okay. TV police. The TV police. <laughs> you mean your brother? Yes. 
See policing your TV? Well, yeah, because lately, lately when I start watching the new Muppet Babies, he was not pleased with me. Well, but that's kind of how you roll. Uh, when you get involved in a subject like the Muppets and being very interested in Beaker, you set forth in watching everything you possibly can to make sure that you know everything you possibly can about that subject. Well, it's my homework. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's mighty spectacular. <laughs> that must be a fun class. <laughs> oh, if we all could take the Muppets class. <laughs> if we all would take the Goofy movie class. Oh, no. Not the Goofy movie class. Yeah, we'll have Goofy do the, the class on the Muppets. There you go. Yeah, but but it's all but it's all like I think I think the re- I think I think we need to make our our watching the reason why we need to make our watching TV pump up is watching some horror stuff, as as our siblings keep saying. Oh yes, well they're getting older and so they want more adventurous watching material. Yeah, and they had a, kind of a big discussion about this movie. We're totally off track here. The yes. Quiet Place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you see that, Ryan? I don't think so. Yeah. It's no. one of those movies I can't really sit down and watch. I have to go walk in, see where it's at, leave the room, walk in, see where it's at, leave the room. <laughs> and they're all, all like, oh, maybe Disney Plus will pick it up. No, not, not Disney, Horror Fox. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is it's definitely a Netflix movie. I'll have to check it out. The Quiet Place, huh? Yeah, Jeff enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really really a huge uh horror. It's not really a horror. It's more of a suspenseful um science fiction movie. Ah, gotcha. I would say. Yeah, it's it's along the lines of um M Night Shyamalan. Oh, Signs. It's along that line, but a little more uh, gruesome. Mm, okay. I usually stick more to Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Like like prop culture or something like that. I like prop culture. That's it. And speaking of Muppets, they have a they have a Muppets episode. You've got to watch Fiona. Oh, homework. On prop culture. I'm giving you some homework. Oh, come on. Oh yeah. It's quite good. It's like it's got like props from the movie, the original Muppet movie, and what happened to them where they are. Um oh, cool. and, yeah, who made them and um, you know, their significance to the film. Uh, it's it's really good. I think you would love it. Yeah, I've noticed they've come up with a couple of uh new I don't know what well, you call well, it. Well it's like behind the, behind the scenes of parks documentaries. Yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely need to start checking all those out. And fun fact, with Corona, we have the dolphins saved in our background. Oh. <laughs> the- so you can see the dolphin, the dolphin hotel, not the dolphins <laughs> in Venice, in the picture in our background. All right, Fiona, you ready for a question? Okay, so I, I wasn't sure if this question was going to be hard for you guys. Okay, lay it on us. So what, what do... I- in the Disney family, and there can be two characters that have different humor. Do you do you think they kind of feel like a sibling duo, but are not literally siblings? Since this episode is will be about a sibling duo film, right? The sibling duo, which is onward, onward, yep. So, what two characters or duo in a Disney family movie or show represent a sibling type duo that you most relate to? And did you want to go first, Fiona? Um, I, I want the adults to go first. Oh, just in all case. Right. 
Are you ready, Ryan, or you want me to go? Um, you can go ahead. Alrighty then. I'm gonna <laughs> jump right in. Yeah. <laughs> now, Ryan and I were discussing this a little bit before the show um, started, and if I had to pick the ultimate duo, this isn't Disney, but if I had to pick the ultimate duo. It would be Bert and Ernie, where I'm Ernie and my brother is Bert, only because I would, I was the older sibling, and so you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, Ernie's the oldest one. But <laughs> when you have a brother with a lot of um, uh, peculiarities and necessary things being the way they should, it's really, really easy and it's to like poke, poke, poke. <laughs> And drive him back crazy. So one of my favorite things to do with him is he hated it if anybody drank his beverage. Which just, come hey, on. Hey, check me out. Yeah. <laughs> Her beverage. She, so Fiona had this thing where she would steal everybody's beverages all the time. Yeah, so, but now, but I felt like Adia is, is, is now, has stolen my mind now. Yeah, Adia is one of these Kids that likes to um, sample everybody's food on everybody's plate, even when her plate is the exact same food. So <laughs> just baffled by the whole thing. But so, yeah, so I used to always try to sip a, a my brother's milk at dinner time and then put it in front of him without him knowing I did it and just being a total Ernie. <laughs> You know, and me, me nowadays, I always like, I always like to say to my mom, Ernie. <laughs> yeah. I pester Fiona a lot too. So, but if I had to pick a Disney duo, and this is almost like the flip opposite, don't worry, my brother got back on me, is I would pick us as being Lilo and Stitch, where I'm Lilo and he's Stitch, and I'm trying to get him to behave and play that I want him the way I want him to play, but of course he was about four years younger than me and never wanted to play the way I wanted to play, which is totally not fair. Leave me alone. I'm not touching you. She's touching me. She's touching me. I'm not touching you. Oh, you're touching me. Not touching. Touching me. It's free air. Oh. Would you cut it out? This is crazy. You guys are family. Oh, Hannah. You Why are you fighting? Because he ruins everything. Not my fault. Then whose fault is it? <laughs> Your dead mate. Whoa. Keep walking. And, so. and yes, this is, this is where the usual Disney films used to have like a bunch of screaming members of a family yell, yelling at each other. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So we were basically Lilo and Stitch growing up, and I have many broken toys and many broken things because of him. But that's okay. <laughs> All right. You ready for Ryan to go? Yes. All right, Ryan. Well, I think I would go with the the movie Swiss Family Robinson, the 1960 version, Disney version of it. That's because it has three brothers in it. Um, okay. And I, I really like it because at 
times they get along really well, but at times they fight with each other. And I think that's just kind of like what brothers do. It's not that any of us fit one specific personality type within there, but um, we all kind of uh, just, you know, you would get along and have fun and do like the waterfall slides mm-hmm. and swing off ropes and that sort of thing and have fun. But then you'd also get into some competition and fight with each other every now and then over silly things. <laughs> and that happens in this, and that happens in oh, this yeah. film. So, um, and then they band together and work together at times. And I just think that's, I think that's kind of like family. So I, I like this one. It's a good, it's a good representation. Is it my yeah. turn? It is your turn. Okay. So, Yes, it's the Potowski Brothers. <laughs> Jackson 5, Hanson, the Jonas Brothers, all sibling bands, and all about to be forever eclipsed by the newest brother band that's topping the charts. Yes, it's the Potowski Brothers. Mom loves me more. Shut up, shut up. Yeah, mom loves me more. Shut up, shut up. All right, it's gone. Oh, it's on now? Oh, it's on brand. Fury! Cooling Stone says it's like watching Justin Bieber. If Justin Bieber had a brother that he hated, and that's all he sang about. So the Patowski brothers? You will have to explain that one to us, because I don't even know. Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that was just a bit of a short vine from So Random. But I just want to say that because that, that, that was my little funny reminder of siblings when I was little. Oh, this was on that. That's um, which was a Disney Channel show. Okay, okay. So it's actually made up sibling. Oh, what was it? What was the show called? So random. Oh, so random. Yes, yes, I remember that show. Honestly, that's not my choice. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> what is your choice? <laughs> okay, so yeah, you would. Ex- yeah, I would expect myself to be chosen. The free good fairies from Sleeping Beauty because because we have free siblings. Did you just turn your brother into a fairy? That's awesome. <laughs> hey, Pixie Hollow. <laughs> it happens. There you go. Because we got two members that oh, that always need need a fighting situation, and one member that always that always has a calm side. T- well, there you her. go. Okay. So which one are you? The calm side, I know. Uh, I'm Fauna. Fauna. Okay. Yeah, but 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 here but here's my real yeah, but here's my my do it do it choice for now. And yes, these these characters are now Disney. Okay. And yes, since yeah, we did have a you did have an early conversation that I got into the Muppets. Yeah, and you said there's uh there's a Muppet character you you're always gonna mention in every conversation. Yes. So I've. I almost think Bunsen and Beaker feel like my feel like my personality do now. Well, since Mom said Burn and Ernie earlier, mm-hmm. <laughs> because oh my gosh, I I now I'm like oh my god, these these do kind of feel perfect to what we might be what we might be talking about today, because one one's one's a hyper member and one's a long suffering shy member, and okay. and took and obvious. Obviously, 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 the 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 shy member. Well, you know, ends up getting injured because of the because of the our members' decisions. Boom. If you you relate to that, you feel like you're the injured party quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. 
Gotcha. Because that 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 can be a it can be a scary uh we it can be a scary scary side for for now. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but that was like now it feels like Beaker can be a a symbol for for like an an ease an easing himself because for me for me the the Muppets they just feel like a big member group that 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 are in a lot of edgy situations that that can always count on who's who's most responsible (laughs) then 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 like gently having what's what's there for them as they they are kind of clubly coupling through (laughs) so you think of the muppets as one big family like a bunch of brothers and sisters together i gotcha yes uh-huh exactly Uh yeah and then they like cause each other they they get along at times but they also cause each other grief (laughs) sometimes (laughs) yes and anything can explode Mm -hmm. at the end Everything always does explode at the end, right? Yeah. There's always an explosion. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. Because because Kermit's like the big responsible child, and <laughs> and Fozzie is is trying to take the responsibilities out out of him, and and maybe how about Miss Piggy is 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 kind of the daughter-in-law who who wants who always wants things her her way. Mm-hmm. And I want to mention Pepe for a moment. <laughs> I think he's kind of the guy who just wants, who's, he's kind of the nat- natural guy, natural guy of them. <laughs> yeah, mom, because I was, I think I had a surprising moment when you said Burn and Ernie. Oh, did you? Yeah. I like those two. All right. Are we good? Are we ready to talk about our main subject for the night? All right. Yeah. Woo-hoo. So onward <laughs> we go. Onward together. <laughs> Now it's time to head way out west for a little patch of heaven. I know a place pretty as pie Where the river bend hits up with the end of the sky left in Nebraska and over a crest on a little patch of heaven way out west everything's green know what I mean all right well thank you for joining us um on our night that we have decided to talk about onward and that was an awkward way to get there but by golly I did so <laughs> uh, we saw it you and I saw it on Disney plus and Ryan saw it on Disney plus too I mean I don't really know anybody who saw it in the theater. I know it came out just right before our spring break. A lot of people were starting to shut down, not go to the theater. Um, so, it, you know, it came out the March 6th. It only cleared a worldwide box office of $103.2 million. Uh, obviously, it was deeply hit by the lockdown of the movie, movie theaters. I'm sure they bounced a little bit back releasing it on Amazon where you could view it. I think it was about $20 to view it. But uh, I waited and you waited for the free version to come out on Disney Plus. 
Yes. I, yeah, I didn't buy it. I, I waited for the free version of Disney on Disney Plus because it was, I think, like what a two week separation, maybe three. It wasn't that. It wasn't that long that you had to wait. No. Yeah, it was just only like two weeks, and um, I've waited much longer to see a movie than that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Forget. everyone heard about Disney Plus, wow, they must think everything to watch is free. Well, well, obviously we're paying for the service, but yes, um, anything is, there's no upcharge to watch it on Disney Plus. And I assume they probably do that trying to get um, some more subscribers on Disney Plus too, which would, which would be, you know, some, you know, cause by the time you pay for movie tickets for a family, I mean, you could uh, have at least a couple, a few months of Disney Plus. Oh yeah, for sure. So. Um, <laughs> I've also noticed a yeah i for us it was, was it like 10 times five i mean we usually don't get a movie theater under 80 dollars just you know buying a beverage and popcorn and and the tickets and that's a kids. that's a full year at disney plus <laughs> exactly <laughs> at that point so there you go <laughs> exactly yeah so we're taking full advantage of it and i've um Deanna was mentioning also that we're going to kind of see that going forward i know disney's going to start being weighing them pluses and minuses of doing that because you do have to continually release new material on Disney Plus that's going to capture the audience. And uh, I know we talked about Artemis Fowl last year coming out and they released uh, Maleficent 2 instead and pushed it to this year. But uh, the year being that it is, it looked like they're going to put Ar Artemis Fowl on to Disney Plus, I believe in July. Hmm. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, I've really... Uh, fascinated. I can totally see that, though. That makes sense. Uh, uh, oh, absolutely. Speaking of Maleficent too, I mean, I also watched that on Disney Plus recently. I know we're kind of getting a little off topic, but <laughs> <laughs> what? there you are. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. No big deal. We watched it before it came on Plus. Do we? Yes. Oh, okay. So we watched um, Maleficent 2 right before it came out on Disney Plus because it was Adia's birthday and she got to pick the movie and that's what she wanted to watch. Ah, so. uh, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I waited till it came out on Disney Plus. I didn't see it in the theaters. Right. I, we didn't see it in the theaters either because it was such a boom, 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 boom year. We kind of had to mm -hmm. pick and choose what we were going to see. And Star Wars and Frozen 2 win over a Maleficent set too. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Artemis Fowl is coming out on June 12th. Oh, and uh, totally off, I know we're totally off topic because we're talking about Onward, but Kenneth Branagh uh, directed it. So I'm kind of a little bit excited because I really. Oh, yeah. I didn't know Kenneth Branagh yeah, directed Ken, that. Yeah. That's crazy. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin oh, Farrell is involved in it. Oh, I love Colin uh, Farrell. I don't know what my problem yeah. is. Colin. Colin. <laughs> I have a no Colin, Colin uh, I bet you he loves that. <laughs> He's now a proctologist. <laughs> and, yeah, and Josh Glad, who I just that's his, that's his twin brother, Colin Farrell, the proctologist. <laughs> yeah, and Josh Glad is now, I think he's being a John Rasselberger of Disney now. There you go. There you go. Of the live action? <laughs> well, he's, he's, being, he's hosting everything. He is. Yeah, he is. And totally off topic again, I really appreciate how Josh Gad on the Disney sing-alongs is doing live singing and not pre-recorded. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that's fine. Yes. Did, did you, were you able to watch um, the sing-alongs? 
Uh-huh. Um, I watched the entire first one and just the start of the second one. But I, mean, I want to finish the second one. Oh, I just didn't yeah. get to finish it. We got interrupted. Yeah, you But I enjoy them. I thoroughly enjoy those. Yes, yes. They're. I think they're really well done uh, for what it is. And you have to watch the, the end of the second one because it's the best part. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't spoil it. I won't, I won't spoil, spoil it. Yet. I won't spoil it, but it is the best part. So everyone has okay. to get through part two because it's amazing. Even when you you keep dancing for it and you just don't want it to want it to end. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now okay. we're really, really. Are you really, really talking about Onward? We're so good at getting off topic. Kind of amazing yes. at it. Yes. For real, reals. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. You're the soul who understands the scars and made me who I am. Through the drifting sands of time, I got your back and you got mine. If you bear a heavy load, I'll be your wheels, I'll be the road. I'll see us through the thick and All right, so we'll kind of start with our cast, and it's really not a big cast. I think there's only 13 or 15 actors in this movie. Um, you have Ian Lightfoot, who's played by Tom Holland, who is Spider-Man, and... And Alias Fox, they just grabbed in, in on on those voices, because I, she was thinking about, I thought she was having a Spider-Man kick. Oh, well, it was Spider-Man. I mean, they're kind of playing to, to her audience in those movies, especially bringing in Zendaya, who yeah. was on uh, Shake It Up on Disney Show. Mm-hmm. Even after that, that Sony Sony problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, but Tom Holland has nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tom Holland. I know. So, and then there's Barley, 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 Barley Lightfoot, who's played by Chris Pratt. Um, which, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, he plays Star-Lord. So, yeah, we all know that they made up a Marvel duo. Yes, yes, we have our Marvel duo. And then mm -hmm. we have Laurel Lightfoot, who plays their mom, and that's played by Julia uh, Louise Dreyfus. And she is of Seinfeld fame. She was Elaine on Seinfeld. And um, if you haven't seen Seinfeld, I can't help you at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many times we've seen this. We've seen Seinfeld. And Veep. So if you didn't watch Seinfeld, maybe you've seen Veep. <laughs> maybe, maybe you've seen Veep, yes. Yeah. I've seen some of those. Those are good. I like those. They're fun. She's really good at self-deprecating humor. And then the Manticore is played by Octavia Spencer. She's a little less known in um, the children's arena. Uh, she does a lot more of the grown-up movies, but she was in Hidden Figures in that movie um and the help and the help yes kind of falling in the same lines there mm -hmm. and then there's mel rodriguez who plays colt bronco and the only tie i could find him to uh, kids is he was one of the characters in the captain underpants movie that they made uh he huh. does yeah but he does a lot of smaller roles you know he's a he's a, um, a supporting actor most of the time 
um, a lot of, he does a lot of comedic stuff and uh, some drama also, but he's kind of a recognizable face, but you kind of see him in the background a lot. Um, I've recently seen him when they, they did a remake of Overboard. <laughs> you can see it on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mediocre movie <laughs> but you know he does a good job on that and yes when when i was talking to mia uh, about her share thoughts with my onward shirt she kind of thinks next time she wants jack, jack, jack black to play barley oh <laughs> a young jack black like if jack black was you know 20 years ago he could play barley <laughs> I don't know. I've and met, we I've, need to explain who. I've met is. with Mia, and she's a Jack Black fan, and she thinks she's the immortal. He's the immortal. He's immortal. Yeah, <laughs> she wishes he was immortal. She really enjoys his comedy. So Mia is one of Fiona's friends. So, and we went and saw them last week. Oh, very good. Yeah, and then um, John Ratzenberger. Gotta get him in it. You know, it's a Pixar movie. He plays the construction worker Finwick. That's working around the fountain. And so. yes, and this is his, this is his third time voicing a construction worker, <laughs> actually, because there's one in Up uh -huh. and and the frizzy one from Inside Out. There you go. Yeah, I think that's it. Is that it? Yes. Good to know. So, and then um, I kind of jumped into the writers of this. Um, I don't, is there any other actors you want to mention from this, Ryan? Mm, I think you touched on all the major actors that are in this one. Um, the, the the police officers that pull them over. Okay. Well, I know um, Tracy Ullman plays the um, the pawnbroker. And Tracy Ullman, she's been for, she had the Tracy Ullman show, which was where The Simpsons started on her show. And that was I back gotcha. in the late 80s. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought Aya had a had a crack, crack up about about that character. The pawnbroker. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Pond the two officers. Worker. We had Ali Wong and oh wow, Lena Lena Waith. Um, I kind of mess I mess her name up. So, they they also are in this film. Where where are they from? What what's the where are they known for? Oh, let's see. So. Ali Wong was a, for for Disney. She was in Ralph breaks. The, she's done voices and different things. She was in okay, yeah. Ralph breaks the Internet. Too. Yeah, f but as felony, uh, she was a voice in the Lego Ninjago movie. Right, so she has a lot of voiceover work. Yes, she was also in the movie um, Father Figure. Uh, she was also in the. Uh, she's been a writer. Writer on Fresh Off the Boat. She, Ali Wong was in that movie, um, Oh, Always Be My Maybe. Okay. That was her, the big movie that I saw her, I think it was on Netflix. That's, that's a really good movie for adults. Yes. Yeah, so she, I mean, she, so she's done a little bit of work um, here and there. And interesting to, that she's also done um, other Disney work. And then Lena, she um, has been like a screenwriter, producer in Hollywood um, for different like movies and movie and TV series. Um, I think she was most famous. She's she was in the she was in Westworld, the last 
the latest um, um, series of Westworld too. Okay, so mostly adult ventures. A, a lot of adult adventures for Lena, for the okay. most part. Yeah, I'm gotcha. trying to think if she had any like other. I, I don't really see any um, a, like ties to any of the, of the kids' films. So, but, right. Um, but she was there too. So she's she's a an actress and screenwriter too. So I think both of them, right? Both of those, the police officers that are um, screenwriters, producers, co-producers kind of thing. So. Yeah, more deeper on the, the production side than the acting side. Mm-hmm, which is important, you know, mm-hmm. and it's really, it's really, it's really cool to have um, some, it's really cool to have women that are doing that, you know, um, mm-hmm. and my, you know, I think that's like really important. You mean, that, yeah, we're finally um, getting, we're finally getting back to before the depression era. Yeah, so they're getting, you know, <laughs> like, uh, put a, you know, in charge of making these films and, and, and television shows, so quite spectacular. Well, it's true. I mean, yeah, if you jump back, I mean, go look at Hollywood history in the teens and the 20s before the Depression. It was mm-hmm. about a 50-50 split. There were a lot of women on, on, on set, so, and then because of different laws that were put in place because of the depression, it just took a really long time for it to turn around again. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It does. And there, there are some people in, in Hollywood. I mean, if you were a certain age during the depression, you just really never worked again, especially in the entertainment industries. There are a lot of Disney artists who just could never get a job again. If you're like in your fifties or sixties and mm-hmm. you know, well, and, you know, our grandmother went through that, too, during the Depression, well, you know, with grandma and grandfather. Grand- grandfather could only, he would, you know, they when they eliminated uh, only one person in the household could work. So usually it yeah. ended up being the man. Right. Oh, well, yeah. At the time. But our grandmother did go back to work. She did, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, she did. <laughs> She's like, yep. I'm going back. All right. All right. So, okay. So back to our story. Now that we've, um, gone down another rabbit it? hole. Yeah. Another rabbit hole. All right. So that is so interesting, you know, focusing on the writers. So the main writer of this is Dan, uh, Scanlon, I think is how you pronounce his name. He, uh, storyboarded for cars and he directed and helped write uh, monsters university. So he's kind of he's been with Pixar for a while. He's done things outside of Pixar, but this is kind of his Pixar connections. He um, had been working on this for about six years, and it sounds like in the Pixar environment, they really want you to dive deep into your feelings and your past experiences to bring out stories. Yeah, which I think when you say he wrote Monsters University, I thought they I feel like some will have taken out taking out elements from Monsters University out of like the, the school and and their universe element. Okay. Like their experiences? Yeah. Well it's like it's like we're copying this the style of this film out of out of some out of something else. It almost felt like when I, I am agreeing when some people when some people saw the trailers it felt like they 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 wouldn't know that this this is a Pixar movie, or or even Disney movie. Oh yeah, it, it definitely diverged what you were you would typically think of a Pixar or a Disney movie when the when they started doing the 
trailers for this? Well, yeah, but uh, I'll see when they're having a chat about Elias being in the new movies. He's all like, I went like, uh, it almost didn't feel Pixar to me. Elias is like, yeah, it looks DreamWorks. Oh, the style of animation? Yeah. It definitely, I, I can well, see how... where you get the style of animation, but I'd say after seeing the movie, definitely not the story. The story is not a DreamWorks story. Yeah. And they didn't go for the cheap laughs either. Yeah, so I yeah I think I think they know what they were going with the style, but not the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the style is a little more I, I I wouldn't call it edgy, just a little more rough. I think is how you would say it, and and I think that's because they were trying to put it in. They were trying to create that rough, like suburban, not completely clean. I don't know, that's a wrong term too. But just kind of a different feeling to it. It wasn't all like in a nice box. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I can't think of the right words. If you see, if you see the unicorns in the opening scene, and we'll get that a little bit further. But you saw the unicorns, and it was kind of like idealistic. And then you see the unicorns later, and they're kind of like pigeons and raccoons, like the pet raccoon pigeon. I think, I think cat. Yeah. I think cats as well. Yeah, or cat, yeah, kind of grungy, kind of, you know, mangy, like adapted mm -hmm. roughly to the environment. <laughs> <laughs> this new environment does not suit them well. They become, they become scavengers. They're the, they're the scavenger, the, yeah. Because you gotta right. make, you gotta make sure to make a main animal care look dumb or, or else still, if you just make them mean looking, that would probably get the characters a tough time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so they're six years in development. Um, and it, it, he kind of, he, he borrowed a lot from his personal experiences. I know he did a couple of interviews talking about how uh, the, Dan lost his dad, but he never really knew his dad either. He was about one years old when his dad died, and then he has a brother who was three at the time when kinda this happened. Feels like a, kind of feels like an early 60s life right there. Oh, in, in the movie or because well, he lost a parent? Well, he lost a parent. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. We're, but we're not just making a joke about Walt Disney here. Well, the 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 kind of the stereotype where someone loses a, a family member, that happens a lot in Disney movies. Yeah. Well, the, and honestly, it, it used to happen so much more than it does now. And it happened in his life i you know these are things that really do happen to people and he talked about how ian kind of encapsulated his dan's personality and the barley was loosely based on his brother and they're both pretty they call, he says that he's shy and kind of quiet person and yes reserved and I, i'm I always wondering you're, you're probably gonna think of me if i if i relate to ian <laughs> are you shy and reserved well, I don't talk much. Yeah, but I don't really like consider you shy. I think you would say something if you had something to say. Well, I think I think he's also like the linguini of, of the movie. The linguini? Who's the... Ratatouille. Oh, Ratatouille. Okay. I, I thought he kind of had that, that feeling, feeling like to that character. Oh, okay. You think they had both a lot in common? Well, no. Well, his, his appearance. Oh, oh, appearance. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, the big hair. Like, well, if you subtract his big ears, yeah, you'll get <laughs> There you go. I never even thought about that. Yeah. So you know, Dan was kind of borrowing from his own emotions, his own feelings when he was writing this this movie, and he wrote this with uh, Keith Brennan Bunyan. I don't know. I'm sorry. And Jason Headley, and both of them um, have mostly done some brit gritty comedy dramas they really haven't done anything in the disney or child arenas before um but those were the two guys that that helped him create the screenplay and the writing for this this feature and, and like we were mentioning before with the unicorns it starts out in the magical land of pixies and unicorns and elves and other creatures and uh this kind of showing you what it was like, I guess it's supposed to be like 100, 200 years ago, and um, how people are learning the discipline of, of trade of magic and how you know, everyone, it kind of brought warmth and comfort to people and helped them find light in the darkness and if they needed fire and kind of help people along. And then we see the introduction of technology being created and magic starts to fade because one, it's a difficult discipline, and because for little ones, there's no such thing as magic. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, it's what, you know, like Fiona's kind of alluding to, it's interesting because you could take this beginning that you're seeing and then you're seeing them transform into a technological world where everyone has the ability to create their own magic by flipping a switch. And you could take that analogy and apply it to so many different life experiences. You know, not just that, like, you know, Fiona's saying, oh, you could be like a kid growing up to be an adult kind of situation. Or, um, you know, you, you could literally take it as, as, as we've developed our societies as humans, how we didn't understand a lot of things and now we do. I yes. Mean, lots if of different you think, um, if, if you pull that, if you pull that trivia from, from the free good fairies from Sleeping Beauty. Which one? The uh, as as they act uh, as normal humans. Oh, and they don't do their magic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And they're not very good at it. <laughs> they need their magic. <laughs> but on but pe people of uh, Mushroom Town are more powerful than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can get along without their magic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're okay. They can make a cake. Oh, you said cape? Cake. Oh, cake. <laughs> they had lots of problems making that cake, those fairies. Oh, yeah. I'm making your dress. <laughs> yeah, I, w I would get to another part of this movie later. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of like our introduction. And so, like you know, that's where you see modern day new mushroom town, Mushroomton. And um, it's very suburbia with a the streets and the trash cans and the unicorns you used to be these mythical creatures flying through the air and now they're like grunging through trash cans <laughs> and i like how they kept them grungy you know things were things were a little bit grungy in this world i think that's a good way to put it there it wasn't like you were saying earlier it's not pristine you've got that grunge effect and so the unicorns are kind of like yellowed and brown <laughs> <laughs> around the edges and stuff i mean you know Oh. Oh well. We've had that moment. All you need to get playing here are planes. 
planes? Yes. <laughs> As the trailer goes. <laughs> so you, so it's modern day with Ian and Barley, and it's Ian's uh, 16th birthday. And it, I, I think her mom, um, I think she's just dating a centaur who is also a police officer. And uh, what's really funny is, I think we've all had those thoughts about how does a centaur move through the world? And I think we got our answer. Not very well. <laughs> and I think we got another answer. Not from Fantasia. <laughs> yeah. Lots of awkward moments for the centaur. Yes, this, this part, that, that's my part I'm going to be on here. So, so yes, if, if you want a Bronco to have a, a little date with your with your mom who's not a centaur, he he just to just just shove what whatever's there in his way and maybe and maybe splash some birthday cakes and game boards mm -hmm. and and any any food that were on the table and let your dragon dog be fed. <laughs> yes, they had a dragon as a dog in this movie. So that's what Fiona's alluding to. Yeah, he had lots of um, funny little moments trying to get through houses. I thought that was super cute. Yeah. The the yeah. dragon uh, that that the dragons were the dogs. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, that that part when he was who was clumbling through the house. I think that makes a joke how how mythical creatures in modern world are met the mix. Oh yes, yeah. That's kind of like they tried to fit in all the mythical creatures into how they'd be represented today. So, and this is kind of, so we have, you know, Ian's 16th birthday, and this is kind of like a coming of age story for Ian. I think like a lot of siblings, he's totally embarrassed by his older, rather eccentric brother who doesn't really seem to have any direction in his life right now and um, spends his time deep in uh, studying the culture of their city and their society and playing the game Quest of Yore. And yes, for for a sibling problem, as I I I felt like I fell in love with the century characters because I, I guess I thought I'm almost eccentric, lolling around, my myself. It, but it felt like if if Ian was like the positive one, I I just think maybe I know I don't if I don't relate to him, but it's like yeah he. He does have a less eccentric side for me. Yeah. Oh, you think he's eccentric? Well, less. Well, yeah. less eccentric. I'm sorry, I less thought, eccentric. I thought yes. he would met, met to be that attitude. But, but, sorry, but sorry for for Barley. He, he's just the more hyper one. Barley, yes. Well, it is Chris Pratt, so. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think definitely Ian is more subdued. Um, he just wants to go unnoticed. He doesn't want he doesn't want to rocket the boat at all. He just kind of it it takes it takes his brother to kind of like push him. <laughs> he doesn't yes. have that push <laughs> from somebody. To... <laughs> and yes, Barley would would totally rock down a canoe. Oh yeah, uh -huh. yes. you're right. Yes, and so <laughs> that's kind of you know it's the yin and yang they play well together here. The, these two brothers, um, and I, I think they did a good job developing their characters and their relationship throughout this film. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I you you don't have a film without the two of them, and each, um, yeah, like the yin and yang, like each each bringing a lot to the table in a very different way. 
Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that's kind of kind of the, the one of the big moments of this of this story is realizing how you know siblings really are a part of you. They're a part of your life. They're a part of your growing up. They're part of your story, and you can't eliminate any part of that from your life. So. And yes, when I was about um, three years old, I I thought if I. I just had a sister for a while. She she would go away. Yes, Fiona was wondering when Adia was going back. Because, <laughs> when is she going back to the hospital? Back, like, back. And it's like when I grew up and read books about wishing for <laughs> for yourself to be to be the only child. Mm-hmm. I I think I was all like that 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 type of person yeah I yeah well I mean we all have those moments where we wish we were only only children I don't think any sibling is exactly what you want them to be and I'm sure you're not what they want you to be either then it's like oh oh my gosh this this why is this child going that way she she could go straight she's supposed to go straight with us oh wait I I think I recognize this one you have autism are you talking about how you don't always, you're not always aware of which direction we're going in? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I, Ryan has seen that many times. <laughs> which way did Fiona yes. go? Not the way we went, but we find you pretty quickly. Uh, I, I just went to the bathroom. It's dinner time. <laughs> there are certain phrases if you say to Fiona, that means that other things are going to happen at that point. So. So the boys, they have, they're, they have, of course, you know, you get to watch their relationship um, change throughout the film. Um, I really liked the mom, too. Yeah, it, it was interesting. She was, um, you get like, you, I think you get like a good representation of what a kid, kids are thinking of their parents. Um, you, you don't really, you, you kind of see what she feels a little bit, but there's a lot that is left out and it's kind of like a it's kind of what if i look at one of my kids elias and i see how he thinks i think about the other kids that was the representation of her i it's kind of hard like my example was uh, from, from what i could see ian always thought that his mom like worried about him a lot and was you know making sure he was on track and doing what he should be doing but he couldn't see that she was also doing that for her brother or for his brother, sorry, his brother. And that's kind of, I've noticed that's how um, Elias thinks. He'll see how I'm like, okay, well, did you get your math done? Did you get your English done? You know, make sure you you do this first, first things first. And then, you know, we get to play Fortnite. Or else the big bad daddy will come for you. <laughs> and then, you know, but he'll go, well, how come, you know, you're not worried about Fiona or you're not worried about Adia. And, that you, they just don't see that because they have these blinders on. So they just kind of see that you focus on them and they don't see how else you're focusing on the other kids. So I thought that was interesting. And I really... Yes, if you have like a big mascot head over yourself. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and then um, that I thought it was interesting um, too. Like she really got into that thing of really... Um, jumping in there and making sure that her kids were safe and um, physically as well as emotionally because you know she was doing it emotionally and then you see her have to do it physically 
And I don't think you always see that aspect of a parent's life where there's a lot of physical that you have to do that you don't realize. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. I think she and, and, and like you were saying, she could balance how to work with right. each child individually, even though the other one might not see that. I think she did a she was like kind of a in some ways a super mom. Yay! <laughs> she was having to do it. She, she was having to do it all. <laughs> and so it was just I, I found her quite fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also that the aspect where the boys tolerate the boyfriend. You know, yeah, because yes, toleration yeah. is there, <laughs> <laughs> which is an accurate representation mm -hmm. of what would happen. Yep. And no child ever likes to see any parent involved in PDA, so <laughs> which, which is yeah, right. married, married, boyfriend, whatever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it doesn't matter, PDA, <laughs> which stands for what public display of affection. <laughs> Adia knows what that means. My middle child. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, what causes their uh, their big spur of the moment? Oh, do you have something to no, say? Adia has her dis disgust targeting. She she would totally know in any sen any senses around her. Oh, disgust. Yeah, that's that's on high level in the teen years. Yeah, that's the meaning of puberty. <laughs> There you go. Disgust is the meaning of puberty. All right. So what steps off this journey is on Ian's 16th birthday, he receives a magical staff and Barley is super excited because this is right up his alley. And yes, this, this is another feeling of me. It's like when I get a birthday present that almost doesn't relate to my topic. I would just, I would just say nothing for a moment and... But, but Charlie, maybe something's getting to it, getting mm -hmm. to it by now. Yeah, was you thinking e, that's how Ian was feeling? He was just kind of like, what is this? Like, nah. Yeah. But, but Barley. <laughs> <laughs> Deanna's doing her head banging right now <laughs> to represent Barley. How sweet is this? Yes, he was very excited. So they gave the magical staff, they, um, their father has created a visitation spell for them and they get the Phoenix gemstone. So, you know, Barley at first, you know, wants to try it out and it's not working for him. And then Ian tries it out and it starts working. It does work for him. And it's, it's, this is interesting because, you know, Barley, when you say he tries it out, he like tries it out for <laughs> yes. hours. <laughs> he wears the whole family down. Trying yeah, out the staff. And with that animation <laughs> crisp on the one, I didn't think it would give you splinters. Oh, because they, they get, yeah, they get splinters. It was kind of a running gag in that film. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And then Ian doesn't even no. really want to try it out. He's just, he's not even really, it's, it's, it's like total happenstance. It's just like he starts reading the same line of text, just kind of like off handedly reading it and then see just happens to notice that the staff's responding kind of thing and then and then it's like well okay and then sort of hesitantly picks up or goes to pick it up and starts reading it wasn't like full on oh no like barley was like yeah. full on we're ready to like <laughs> transform the world with magic and ian's like oh magic, <laughs> you know? really i don't think so <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, you almost you always kind of you always kind of feel a little bit bad for Barley in the movie because it is like so important to him to have that connection. He really mm-hmm. wants to be that person, but he also he's not jealous of Ian. Like he's he's no. really excited. He's a true he's a true older yes. brother. Like that. Right, yeah. exactly. He's excited yeah. for his brother and 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 is glad that he can take mm-hmm. just be there for this moment that he can do this and. He kind kind yeah. of becomes um, Ian's mentor in the process because he does know so much about it because it's been you know that's his shtick you know it's very important to him he's been studying it as you can guess since you've seen many many trailers I'm sure at this point uh, Ian doesn't really complete the spell and they only get halfway through it and the Phoenix gem explodes because you know Ian is not really versed in doing magic and it just kind of overpowers him yeah this part is just like all right let, let's break let's bring it out this spot like where where all of my parents keep dying oh because they can't bring the dad back or, or because you're not you're not usually meant to bring our parents back this is this isn't back then well you can't right you you can't bring your parent parents back which it, that needs to be a life lesson for now yeah, well, that's a hard one. You lost your grandmother, and so they'll never do and, that again. And the world feels so different now. Right, it does. The world does feel different. Like, you know, Ryan and I, we lost our grandfather when we were younger, and it just kind of, it like, there's a big void there. Because there's so many things you think about after someone dies that you wish you could ask them or know about them. But there but there was kind of a part in the, in the movie where it was acting... It was acting like, like that, like that afterlife. Oh, there is a moment. Yeah, the the mm-hmm. recording of dad's voice. Oh yes, he he listens to a recording of his dad's voice, and, and that is actually something that the writer Dan um, Scanlon experienced. He had a recording of his dad's dad's voice. And and just to add to that, so like as you're as you're growing up, like when you're little, like when you're little, you don't really know what you want to ask your dad. Or maybe what you'd want to ask your grandfather, um, and or even even for yourself, you're gonna die someday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that's true too. <laughs> and as you're getting older, then you you wish you could go back and ask those kind of questions. And I think Ian definitely experiences that moment while he's listening to the recording. You know, you know what he would ask his dad, and, and he's playing, he's role playing back and forth. So. I, th- I thought I thought that was really well done in the, in yes, the film. Yes, yeah, right. I mean, I actually do have recordings of my grandfather that I made on a trip that I haven't listened to them for years. That I mean, I can still hear his voice in my head when we went to uh, Yellowstone with them. Oh, yeah, and we would ask okay. him questions in the car. You know, just ridiculous, silly things. You know. But it's so funny because mm-hmm. my mother, and I was in junior high at the time. I didn't lose him for like, I think another three or four years. But my mother was in the car and she's like, leave them alone. Just let them sleep. <laughs> and it's interesting, you know, looking back, because you, you don't know how much time you have with somebody in your life. You know, sometimes the moment that you have is the moment to do something. So we're at the point where... Basically, the, the guys need to find another Phoenix gem. gem. And this is uh, what spurs the whole thing, spurs the whole story forward. 
Yes, because why is this film called Onward? Why? Because you have to keep you have to keep spurring whatever what's ever there on on your adventure. Keep going forward. Yeah. Or if you have an O apparently on your dashboard and you can put your car in O, you go onward. <laughs> Wait, is that the key to the, to the band in the funny. film? The band, yes, the band in the film, absolutely. That band was, that band was rocking. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know what what would have been the main symbol of this movie if I just saw the first teaser trailer. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, without half of the body. <laughs> Yeah, I think you had a good point with the name of the film there, like where they're going forwards and they're having to go forwards together, um, mm -hmm. which is interesting, you know, be, and especially because Barley's super excited about it. Yes. And Ian is not so much. No. <laughs> <laughs> the excitement level there is not there. Like that, that was meant to be the point of our happiness. We were both, we were both met, the, met our dad. Yes. But no, he's being treated like some headless pet. Oh, poor dad. Yeah. <laughs> poor dad. <laughs> but because they both want to see their dad, I mean, they're excited about doing things together. Right. And, and, and I think that's the whole togetherness. And that kind of also brings in when they name the movie in Spanish, there's not a good translation. So they use United, basically, as the title for the film in Spanish. So like United together or going forwards. And so I think that's it, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and Ian makes two different lists in this movie. So there's Which one... Which is translated on a shirt that, that I bought for my birthday. Really? Oh, yeah. So she got we got this really cool Onward shirt. And on the front Which of it I'm is... I'm sadly not wearing it. Well, I know. Not wearing, we're wearing our Dumbo shirt today. But... <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so in the beginning, he, he does that new me thing. So he wants to speak up more, learn to drive, invite people to his birthday party. That's today. Mm -hmm. And be like his dad, because his dad was, seemed to be a pretty outgoing guy, especially in college. And um, they, and also, I think one important thing that you kind of like rush in the beginning that you don't really think about in the beginning is when he goes to the fast food restaurant to get breakfast, because his breakfast has been ruined by his brother, his dragon, and his mother's boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> so here come the ha happy times where he always think it's normal to have a, a more kids family. Oh, yeah. it's the more people, the more hectic it gets in a family, right? So he's wearing his dad's university t-shirt and he meets a, someone who rec kind of recognizes him and uh, realizes that that's the son of um, Wilden is his father's name and is able to give Ian some, you know, little glimpse into what his dad was like. And I, I think that's a good point because you can, you can talk to people that knew your grandfather or your grandmother or your parents and learn more about what that person was like. Cause you may know somebody your entire life, but they'll see a different side of that person than you do. Oh, so when they're in the, the van and they're starting on their journey, Ian makes a, li a list of things he wants to do with his dad. So he wants to play catch with him. He wants to take a walk. He wants to have a heart-to-heart. -heart. He wants to laugh together. He wants to have a driving lesson. And he wants to share his life with his dad. 
And um, so, and I think these are things that we all kind of experience with people in our lives, whether playing catch is playing a game or any type of of play interaction with somebody. And uh, this kind of comes like a plot twist is uh, on that list that you see later on. And Ian realizes, you know, that um, he has experienced those things. At least he's had the experience in his life and been able to do those things with people in his family. So, but, so they start on this trip because of his brother's deep knowledge of magic and everything. So they go to the Manticore Tavern. Which is an obvious property of Chuck E. Cheese, eventually. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to many Mm -hmm. places that are very familiar to me. (laughs) They're very close to the Manticore Tavern in my life. And yes, this is kind of a Franklin on, on where when you're, when when there's so many properties around a fictional town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's another DreamWorks plot people would think about. Yeah. So the Manticore is is someone who used to send people on great quests, and she would have the map and how to get started on their adventure. And I, kind of like a great protector, too. She had some sort of crazy sword that would, you know, help some. You know, she'd go along. It sounds like she'd go on the journey with them and, and help them achieve their goal kind of a thing. Um, but she's right now she's running. She's turned her Manticore Tavern into a, you know, family-friendly Friday night games and laughter <laughs> tavern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said with the Chuck E. Cheese mm-hmm. plot. Yeah, it's a it's a family friendly restaurant like Chuck E. Cheese yeah. now, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's like complete with like uh, a walk around character of the Manticore, <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny to see the two bots side by side. I know. Uh, yes. Now, now it's very hard to re- the meet because it's really hard to meet the real Manticore. I <laughs> think she's right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought this character had, with, with the style of this character, I thought she had so, so many personalities of the changing on her, on her look alike. Uh-huh. She has some anger issues. Yes, which I thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought a portrait of her, which portrait her as, a, as an anger issue of herself. Uh-huh. Yes, um, I think it's like probably pent up, uh, <laughs> just pent, pent up feelings because she's repressed it repressed who she really is trying to (laughs) trying to create this family friendly tavern it's just not her at all because the manticore is part lion part bat part scorpion (laughs) (laughs) just a wild creature and has has tamed herself really into being into being um this this owner of a family friendly restaurant. I'm trying to figure out why she did that. I was just, I I guess just to make money. Yeah. Over time. It was just probably, I think, I don't think it gradually happened over time is what it seemed like. Like it was a wild tavern Mm -hmm. at one time and it just eventually. Because you don't know the rasp, the raspy tones of like making what, what was just, just magical inside this, inside that place. But I guess to make it a hidden spot restaurant. It's like you don't think you're going into a, friend, a family-friendly kids restaurant on the outside of it for sure. Mm. No, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh-uh. And um, they know, or I, do they know where they're going? 
point or no or does she tell them she, they need to go to raven's point well no she didn't tell she they were they came looking for a map because barley knows all about manticores yeah. he almost seemed to know more about the manticore than the manticore <laughs> could remember about herself <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah. <laughs> so that, through his what what quest of yore did i get that uh, right quest or something? of yore yep yeah so he's like almost telling the manticore <laughs> who she is and what she should be and it's really funny and he's looking for the map but um it's like on a child's like they get a child's menu at first the, the, yes the, they're like oh where did you make this from and she's like points to the wall and the original map is on the wall and so they try they're trying to take that but in in the uh, all kinds of stuff there's a bunch that ensues but that uh, that map ends up getting destroyed so um they do still have the children's map and it does say that they must follow the rate go to raven's point and then they eventually you know kind of uncover more from there but yes it comes actually from the children's menu <laughs> of all places yes you know something's been watered down at that point so <laughs> yes <laughs> so it's just funny that the whole quest comes from children's the children's menu and inside of the manticore's tavern that, like, that she burns down even uh -huh. this children this children's activity map for nothing oh wait it's literally a real map yep that's so funny yeah there's a lot mm -hmm. of just really fun recognizable things where you're like no I want the real one. <laughs> but it's just anything <laughs> with this guy's kitty. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. I feel like half my conversations were what that conversation they had in the Manticore's restaurant. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that was, I like that. I, I do like this. I do like the Manticore. I think she's a fun character. She's brilliant. Yes, yeah, that, that definitely really makes this movie a lot more fun, for sure. Yeah. Well, because it's like it, it, they always go back to kind of almost like the very recognizable, familiar, almost mundane. Mm -hmm. And then with these, but these creatures are really fantastical. Right, right. <laughs> and stuff. So I think they did a good job with this character. Um, and, and it just kind of happens in life, too, as you as you grow up. I mean, you know, you have to make a mm -hmm. living and... People become dependent on mm -hmm. you, and if you're um, a business owner, you know, then all those other all those people are dependent on you for your living, and you really feel that pressure. And so, I think it's just something that has happened to her over time, and she's forgotten who she is. And it takes somebody like Barley <laughs> in this whole <laughs> adventure to remind her. Yes, <laughs> which is really funny. Yeah, well, yeah. he's always true to himself, so yeah. he's going to help you find your true center. Anything from this France point bur burns down. Yeah, that's a lot of burning. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then I think if I get it, if I'm correct, they go, they get into uh, Guinevere and then they start looking for, uh, they're, they're just, they go on the quest with the map. Right, right. And they kind of have, they have two choices. They can take the highway or they can take the dirt road. And Barley really, you know, Ian wants to take the highway because it's safe, it's secure, that'll get us to where we need to go, because they think they know where they want to go, or need to go, but they really don't. And um, Barley's really going, no, no, we really need to take a journey. We really need to take the route that was intended to take, not take the shortcut. So they take the, the route off the course, and um, of course, you know, getting a few little mishaps with uh, some pixies. Those pixies are fun. Oh, they cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, that's because there, there was 
Well, there was a reason why they met with, with, with the pixies. Oh, because they had to get gas? Yes. Uh-huh. And this is the part where I mentioned on the, on the opening. Where, yes, Ian is the one who doesn't usually pay pay, pay attention, not oftenly, to what certain people want to do for him. Yeah, but as your, your own patient, here comes the next magic catastrophe. So, did they play a magic trick with the pixies? If we want more gas, it, A, it's too small. We, we have... Oh, oh, you're talking about the, the re gas can, and then barley becomes tiny. Yes. Uh-huh. And it, it made a perfect fight for the Pixies. So we were focusing kind of on, like, this is where Barley starts coaching Ian in his magic. And yes, mm -hmm. and it's like when you have a kid with autism, you don't wait, wait, very, very patient and, and he'll doing the same stuff. But I guess in lames you can. Doing the focus track. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about the relationship with Barley and Ian? Yeah. And how, yeah. Who who do you who would you think who would you put as the person with autism here, Fiona? Honestly, Ian. Okay. okay. And why? Because well, obviously, he's just self-proclaimed that he doesn't want to do much. He's kind of like scared to try new things. Yeah. And wants his little bubble. Yeah, and it. If Farley's like Elias, he, he, he's <laughs> half of him's like Elias. He's just the go-getter. Like I really want to do this now. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. Yep. I know it's not exactly the same. No, but it, it has some similarities to it, definitely. I know, but, but, but I guess a tiny bit of me is almost like Farley because I like to move around. Oh. <laughs> 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 there you go. Yeah, not one character I don't think ever encapsulates who you are. Like you can see yourself in different characters a lot of times, for sure. Because we had a beta idea for for this for a question: What onward character do you feel most like? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, we're kind of talking about that right now with you for sure. I mean, it sounds like you related most to Ian. Well, obviously, because he's just he's just the main of the main point of of knowing my personalities with but hard for the other characters since, since mm. this this movie i've always heard once so yeah so we're talking about this is kind of the part where they start doing their magic or barley's helping ian do his magic and and i think barley brought some of the game with him and some of the explanations of some of the spells that ian would be capable of doing because he's pretty darn excited about this he wants mm -hmm. to see this happen. Yeah, he he brings a quest of your book with him, and it has some of the incantations or spells inside of it, mm -hmm. and um, is trying to help. Barley's trying to help Ian really realize his full potential. Yes, yes, which is a great big brother. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's not just with the magic, because like in this in this in this whole scene that that you're in starting with the gas can and trying to the magic, trying to get that going and how it backfires. And um, even when it backfires, like Barley's not upset at Ian no. at all. Not at all. He was just like, woohoo, I'm small. Because <laughs> <laughs> it backfires instead of the gas can getting big, Barley gets small. And he's actually saying like, you know, he's just excited that his brother did magic. Uh, look at yourself now. You're probably near a frog or you got shrunk or something grew in your face. You know the, you know the mm -hmm. jiffy. Yeah, and it doesn't last forever, which is nice. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't last forever. And Barley has a wisdom there that um, it's okay to fail mm-hmm. and that you're going to fail at stuff and you move on and you keep moving. You go onward. Even though you failed, you keep moving on. And I think he has some grit that Ian doesn't have yet. And so he's trying to teach Ian that. And it's like, I think it's fantastic to watch. Oh, yeah. And I think that's something true of being the oldest kid because mm-hmm. you fail a lot. Like you're you're the one making all the first mistakes, making, you know, doing everything wrong all the time and having to be redirected or re, you know, try something new. You're always trying something new. It's it's one of those like weird things. And maybe because you are the oldest and your parents are like, oh, my gosh, you've never done this before. And <laughs> so I just know I think I probably fail 10 times and succeed in one thing that's pretty much my track record so Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's really it's funny because it's really hard to instill that in your children that it's okay to fail oh my gosh and embarrass yourself too like barley does not get embarrassed he does the most crazy things ian's constantly embarrassed and yeah it's that first kid you're like oh i know i messed up up totally embarrassed myself up oh well do it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ian being that second kid, you're like, oh, oh. Like I see it with mm-hmm. my second kid. If you were the second kid, you may have been totally different, but mine is like, oh, no, 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 no. Nope, not gonna do that because I know I'll fail and I'm not gonna try. And so it's really interesting watching my second kid being so afraid to fail at things. And mm-hmm. um, just, you know, time, and she's like, well, I'm not going to make it. And I go, but that's okay. Because something good is going to come from it. And you're going to learn something about yourself. And you know you'll persevere. You'll know you'll get past it. And you, maybe you'll meet a new friend. And that'll start a relationship. And you'll have someone to eat with at lunch. And, you know, it's just, you, know, you try to see. you got to always, like, look for that one thing that helps you get to the next thing. So, yeah, it's... But it won't matter at the time the person you eat at lunch you will marry. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is true. Just because you eat at lunch with them doesn't mean you're going to marry them. <laughs> that's a Good nice that's, that's You might. You never know, but probably not. <laughs> that's, a, that's another sibling type plot. Yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. Well, you know. Because uh, one of Fiona's good friends is a boy, and so they, you know, people like her siblings like to tease her, you know, oh, you eat with a boy, you're going to marry him. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Yeah. You don't have everything in common. You're going to marry mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you, I think like it's a personality, um, not type, but it's like you go through, you like your whole, maybe, I don't know, I don't know if it's personality or quite the way to say it, but um, there are definite times where just as a second child, um, you know, Jason had a lot less fear going into certain things than I did mm-hmm. and anxiety mm-hmm. um, at certain but at certain points in life. And it kind of changes up. It just depends on where you're at in life. And right. there are certain times where it would, it, it's me who didn't have the anxiety or the fear and, and not being afraid to go out and, and try something and do something. So it just kind of depends on where you're at and what stage of life you're in. And I think that's the really great thing about siblings is you can kind of um you know help each other get through those times and yeah and and that that was their clever idea for titling this movie 
onward. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, onward to get yeah, because you're, you're 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 going through this like you're going through this journey, so it's always like onward. We've got to keep going. Onward you means know? A, a buddy relation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a really good point you make too, um, Ryan. Glad you brought that up about how we do change in different stages of our life. Like kids who are shy, that doesn't mean they're gonna be shy for the rest of their life. Holy mackerel, mm-hmm. no. You know, things change, um, experiences change, your environments change, you know, it, going out and discovering the world really changes who you are. Just you know, going one town over and getting a job, a new job, you know, it can really change who you become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, For sure. it was like if we did some Pixar mentioning, I didn't mention disgust, but we did a whole big talk about fear. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so we've covered fear, we've covered disgust. And maybe joy, because of okay. Marley. <laughs> yeah, joy, Marley's Yeah, it's all joy. inside of this yeah. movie, too. It's yeah. <laughs> awesome. But then um, Barley is helping him, not just with magic, but also something as familiar as driving a car, which <laughs> a lot of us can definitely relate to, especially trying to drive with your family and that kind of thing. Oh. And he's trying to... Trying to do the merging onto the freeway, and Barley, you know, uh, you know, Ian's like, "I'm not ready," and Barley's like, "You're never ready. Just do it." <laughs> and I thought that was spectacular words of advice. Just Go! merge, merge. <laughs> you will. Somebody will get mad at you, and somebody will honk their horn. It's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah so finally ian just does it and then he's able to do it from that point and he's merging all the time yeah. <laughs> from having to do it a lot suddenly so it's just really it's i thought that was a really good familiar way to be doing something similar that he they were doing with magic too yeah that's a really good point i thought i thought oh this is brilliant you know because uh-huh. like you know, barley's having to help him you know, move forwards with magic and move onwards with magic, but also move onwards with how to drive a car. Yes. A <laughs> and we all need that. Yes, absolutely. It's a regular, just yeah. everyday thing that you need to learn to do. So now they're off driving the car. Yes. They're headed toward, <laughs> they're Raven's headed toward Raven Point. They get, they outrun the pixies yes. and it's super cute. Um, you have to, you know, watch the, the, watch the film. It's, this is a great, this is, uh, I love how they do this whole montage or this whole scene mm-hmm. and the pixies learn something new mm-hmm. yeah because of barley the pixies also <laughs> remember how to fly because they didn't know how to fly so it's really funny barley's just going through and like <laughs> rampaging <laughs> through this through this universe yeah so what what do we so is it the bridge that's kind of like oh no well they get pulled they get pulled over they get Mm-hmm, by the cops. Yes, and so they kind of have that whole experience, and Barley once again is helping Ian through the situation. Mm-hmm. When they got stopped by the police, by oh. part of the police, they were trying to act act like Officer Bron- Bronco, but but it's like the parts where it's hard to know what this what to say or how much personality you know from every from anyone you know around you. Yes, yeah. So they're intim- they're um, impersonating their mom's boyfriend. Was it Bronco Colt or Colt Bronco? It, yeah, it was along those lines. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Colt Bronco. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so it, what Fiona's alluding to is, um, so they're impersonating him, and the magic is kind of like putting that shell on top of them, or that mirage or image on top of them. But when you're somebody else, you can't lie. 
Like, you have to tell the truth. Yeah, that's like the, wow, are you piercing me moment. Yeah, so that's kind of, you know, it's kind of hard because they for them to, to stay on track there. And so they almost blow it, but they don't. I thought that scene was super cute with the officers, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was well written. And it was just kind of like showing how it is. Also, it's difficult to be the the boyfriend or girlfriend of a parent in a situation. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was interesting. Oh yeah, I know this plot. Some someday Bronco's gonna gonna be gonna be their daddy. <laughs> <laughs> daddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so just trying to like help, you know, I just thought that was a very interesting way of of doing that and I think they did a really good uh-huh. job in this scene well yeah and I'm glad you yeah, brought that up because they had to reflect on how Colt Bronco feels because I don't think yeah. they've ever put themselves in his shoes before they just see him as this like outsider uh, <laughs> coming into their lives and their but they've never like looked at looked at the oh well how does he feel in this situation and you know so you could tell he's really awkward with them so they're starting to realize, oh, maybe we should cut this guy some slack. And, you know, okay, you know, he's not so bad. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be really respected in the neighborhood. So. Yep. And then they're also, like, like revealing how how they truly feel about each other, too, in this scene. Oh. Uh, how Ian truly feels about Barley yes. in this scene. This is hard. That, uh, this is a really hard scene. And um, it definitely causes... Ian to have to grow, um, too, because he reveals that he doesn't really respect his brother. Yeah, poor, poor Barley. But, you know, he gets a little frustrated, but he, he pulls out of it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Barley has a pretty good ability to put himself in other people's shoes. He's very empathic. He has yeah. a high degree of empathy and high emotional intelligence. Um, uh-huh. that sometimes that, that's not recognized, too. And so that's really good that they recognize that in this film. And Barley is able to, you know, he has a, he's, he has a lot of resiliency and grit. And I think probably that comes from... Part of that comes from um, losing his dad, that resiliency and grit and having to move onward, even though somebody really close to you has passed away. So I think that's where it seems like that's where it comes from. Yes. That character. Yeah, that's kind of where they built it in there, because he is the one that remembers the parent and has the experiences and really had to come back from that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you find out later why. But yeah, I think the more the more you go go through like emotionally and phase head on which which and i find this fascinating is your brain actually expands and grows like more of your brain is is capable of functioning the more uh tragedy you go through the more um trials and tribulations that you emotionally have to go through your brain actually like learns how to adapt and grow in those and then you have like a whole new set of skills after that experience so it's kind of amazing because I know they've done um, neurological studies with that. Yeah, Barley, Bar- Barley deservedly earned that by going through what he go- went through. You're the soul who understands the scars and 
So we had to take a quick little break, and uh, this is part two of our discussion of Onward. I just want to say that the recording quality of Fiona and I has greatly improved in the second half, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I'll be your wheels, I'll be the road. I'll see us through the thick and thin For love and loss until the end Cause you carry me Okay, so I think it's about time we introduce or bring into the story how the Manticore and their mom, Laurel, um, have kind of realized that Ian and, and Barley are missing and they start working together to find the boys. Uh, I'm not. I can't remember. How does she know where to find them? How does I she thought know they had like yeah. I thought they had like little phones and like okay. and like little little chips to single them. Okay. I thought there was one part like that. Well, I I don't. I didn't think she did know where to find them. That was the thing. Um, okay. They're just kind of going. I mean, the Manticore knows that they are out on a quest. Right. Right. To yeah. Raven's point. point. I, well, yeah. I think she. And knew I think that's about. That's about as much as they knew. Right. So they're kind of just going on this journey. And then the Manticore realizes, you know, after she's burned down her uh, little tavern there, uh, what kind of danger she's put them in. And she realizes she needs to retrieve her sword, which, of course, is at the pawn shop. (laughs) (laughs) Where else? The magical pawn shop. Magical pawn shop. (laughs) Pawn shop with magic items, yes. Yes. Yeah, so the the mom and the and the manticore go to the pawn shop and met up to maybe maybe this maybe this favorable feisty character a a Greklin called Greklin yeah the goblin it looks like a gecko yeah we were talking about it, it looks like a gecko goblin like a Greco Greklin it's like the perfect name maybe I just I just say that with the phone issue because mom moms are, are very detailed with their phones these days they are. They are. Yeah, that's how we keep track of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Chipperoon aliens. Right. So there's just some amazing driving going on by Laurel and uh, the Manticore. The Manticore barely fits in this car. I'm not sure. <laughs> There's another another creature in this in this society that has problems fitting into car, along with the centaur. Yeah. <laughs> Both don't quite fit in those cars. So, Ryan, do you have anything to add to this air- area? Um, no, I just thought it was cute, though. I thought I thought the Grecklin was a fun little character, um, and I liked the interaction with the Manticore. <laughs> the Manticore finding her true her true spirit. Uh huh. Yep, that was fun. And I know. Um, so they're kind of following the boys, trying to chase them. They actually have the entire police after at this point too, because they realized that the kids that they pulled over at the side of the road that wasn't Colt Bronco that they pulled over it was it was the kids. So they're kind of looking for them. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of people chasing them, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And yes, chasing scenes. I'm, I I I do usually like chaotic type scenes. Okay, well yeah, there's a lot of chaos in this. Did you like this one then, or is this I, a lot too much? I don't think I added. A, I don't know if I had a deep influence in it yet, but. I, I would giggle at it a, a, a little a little bit easier next time. Oh, okay. It could be a little tense for you, a little overwhelming to watch. But deal with it. I think I, I think I felt I just felt fine fine about it. Or maybe as usual, I I I just like to snuggle some like Oreo Oreo or 
cookie dough ice ice cream while watching a movie when the when when the cl- chlorine hits. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so you like to stress eat is what you're talking saying. It like helps you relax. Yeah, just to keep the movie, just to keep me going into the movie. There you go. Yeah, that's kind see, of you know, like eating popcorn, and a lot of us are shoving our face with popcorn. See, that's a, see, that's another nervous habit I would have mm-hmm. when I'm bored. Well, I don't think you're, this isn't a situation when you're bored, though. This is a kind of a tense situation. Even when it hits certain times. So if we kind of move forward, where they have, I was going to talk about the point where they really have to make a decision where the cops are chasing them and being able to go off and complete their journey, their adventure. I think you wanted to talk about the dad moves. Did that, where did that fall in, Ryan? Right about now, because it's, it's right after they had the encounter with the police, okay. but before they crossed the bridge. Okay. So it's, it's right in this time frame. How do you unlock a banana? <laughs> oh, she has a dad joke. Talking about dad moves. So she's... Uh-huh. No, you say, what kind of key do you use to unlock a banana? A monkey. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, I, I know. It. <laughs> it, felt, it felt so bad at first when dad said it. Dad telling a dad joke. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> because now dad jokes can be from dads. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of where they came from. Yeah, and I think you, you really funny. enjoyed this part of the movie, didn't you, Ryan? Oh, I did. I like the dad moves part. Mm-hmm. It was funny. It cracked up because, I mean, you know, it's it's just, you know, you get to be middle-aged and you don't you <laughs> stop caring about <laughs> as much about being embarrassed and that sort of thing. So, and, and you know, you dad moves are just fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. fun. And just having worked in elementary schools, it's always fun just to be a little silly. Yes. Try and get the kids. Yeah. Well, they're very, children are very silly creatures, and so they enjoy it when adults are silly. When it's not their parents. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just even more fun because I've also worked in middle school, so it's really fun to get the kids to roll their eyes, <laughs> which is not hard. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> not a challenge and stuff. And so it's like, oh, yeah, you got to love. I love doing my little jokes. Okay. So, um. Yeah, so they had that really touching moment when they get to dance with their dad, and, and and that's kind of what he's known for being, you know, not embarrassed and just going with it and going with the flow for sure. Mm-hmm. And Ian's not used to that. No, no, not at all. Uh. Uh-uh. But he he quickly kind of joins in on the fun though too. So so are we at the moment near the bridge part? Did you want to talk about the bridge? Yeah. Okay. What you got to say about the bridge, Fiona? Yeah, so this part, this part is just like ju- the just do it moment, even though it feels like you're going to die. <laughs> One of those uh, climactic moments, like are they going to make it through or not? Yeah, like like me dangling if I hurt my legs for a moment on the tree. Are, are you talking about climbing the tree today? Yes. <laughs> we, were, we were climbing trees today to get just the right angle for uh, her project Yeah. to include into her animation piece. Sometimes it's hard. Yeah, this is a moment where where the Ian really has to tr- trust Barley, and things, of course, don't go as planned. But they, it, it, and it barely m- makes it at the end. But you always have to have somebody dangling from a cliff, right? At one moment, like that has yeah. to happen in a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny how this a lot of times this movie like checks all the boxes of peril. You know, fight with mm. with gang. You know, hanging off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> moment with the police 
run through a gauntlet. <laughs> run through yeah. some some mutant lizard l- lizard gremlin. <laughs> Pawn shop moment. <laughs> yeah, so they get across the bridge, and um, and that's how the phrase goes with cliffhanger. <laughs> Lastly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, that is exactly right. Yeah, you got to have a cliffhanger and a cliffhanger, right? Where do you want to go next with the story? Oh man, this, this is such a bad part. I mean, okay, so there was, there was, they were kind of near, they were kind of edging near the police, well, almost to the mountain where the 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 dungeon of of maybe the rhinestones might might be hidden in. Oh, so they're they're going off in the van, um, and they realize. Uh, the Raven's Point is not alluding to the mountain. It's actually talking about these uh, Raven statues that have been sculpted at some point in the in the past by somebody that kind of direct you to a cave. But they didn't realize this. So, but technically, and, the path of the mountain is not alluding to their car, their van. Their van doesn't make it. Yeah. Okay. You want to tell why their van doesn't make it? Well, I I think there were there were ways when Barley had to stop the police by by making spell out of the mountain and made a huge boulder storm. Right, and and Ian couldn't do it. Right, under that kind of pressure, he wasn't able to perform the spell that Barley was trying to get him to perform. Yeah. So what did Barley have to do? I think he just he just have to he just have to kick kick the van to mm-hmm. to make oh to make the boulder storm happen right barley had to sacrifice his cherished guinevere van at this moment and yes like like up you have to get rid of your traveling vehicle <laughs> <laughs> what the house yes <laughs> you had to ditch their house yeah ditch their van yeah yes yes so, you know, Barley was willing to sacrifice that so they could continue their journey. I thought that was, I liked that moment. Yeah, because he even was even like, oh, it's not worth it. We should just kind of, you know, we got this far. It's good enough kind of a situation. But Barley, so, no, we're going all the way. Because I think Barley really wanted Ian to meet his dad. Like, because he had had those moments and he kind of wanted Ian to be able to experience the same thing. Mm-hmm. How about another dad, dad move when... They have to go in the in the leaky cave while Barley eating puffy cheese cheese puffs. That was that funny. That was that. I think that's how that funny effect goes. So they do. They follow the Ravens Point statues and they uh, find the cave that they need to go in. And Ryan, you want to say what Ian kind of, oh Ian Barley reveals to Ian about his moment? Well, uh, yeah, because um. At first, you know, Barley said that he had like three memories of his dad um, when he was young, and he kind of like slips and said that he has four memories of his dad. And uh, and Ian said, "I thought you only had three. What's the fourth memory?" And um, they're just kind of floating down the river on the cheese puff at this point. <laughs> they had to like they had to find a way to get down the river, and so um, um, Ian uses magic to make a raft out of a cheese puff. Oh yeah. Yes, there were cheese puffs. And Barley's just kind of munch. Barley's mun- Barley's munching on the raft and stuff. Yeah, and then Barley reveals that he, he had a really hard moment with it when he was young, and he, his dad was sick, and he was supposed to go in and say goodbye, and he, and, um, he was afraid. Um, and so, because Ian thought his older brother was never afraid, and so 
um, Marley just realizes it reveals how to to Ian how he made a pledge to himself never to be afraid again. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, which is interesting because you know it's played by Chris Pratt, and Chris Pratt has almost that same exact moment with his mom in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was interesting, kind of tying those two characters together like that. And I, I and I think that's I mean hospitals are scary. I especially when you're a oh, little kid. And I, I don't mm-hmm. know how many out there have have had to be in situations like that where they walk in a room and it's their grandfather or their mother or you know someone they love is in the hospital. It's extremely intimidating and it's like an unknown space and I remember visiting our grandfather when he had his first heart attack back in the 70s going into the hospital and you, know, you walk down these hallways that have no windows and it, you're just kind of like in this bubble. You have no idea which direction you've been through walking through this maze. And then you turn into this room and his room happened to be very bright. But mm. it's just disconcerting seeing someone you love in that position in bed, unable to get up, unable to hug you, what your, you know, your expectations are of, of that person. So, you know, I really could understand how he wasn't able to get past that fear and say what you need to say. And I, I remember my parents like trying to say, Oh, well you need to go up and you're like, but Oh, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. You know? And you kind of like, I remember I really stood back from the situation and was like hanging by the door and you know, I'd kind of go up and then you'd kind of back away. You're kind of like a cat almost. I just couldn't wait to get out of there. Because I, I couldn't have been more than like five or six, probably younger than that. Um, but you know, you're just, it's very um, difficult for sure. And I don't know if that necessarily changes as you get older either. That's yeah. Still not, yeah, it's still, hospitals are still hard. They are. They are. I, yeah. It, it's really draining on you too. I mean, because you and I both as adults have spent nights in hospitals, many nights in hospitals with other people. Yes. Uh, for, for other reasons. Mm-hmm. And you kind of lose all... And even, even ourselves for our own... Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, even ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Like, we've been on both sides of it. You lose, t- you lose like, your space and your time and your... Um, and it's weird, too, because like when you are in pain and you're in the hospital, um, having three children, I... I could have been in labor for 30 hours or two hours. I have no idea. And pain just, just feels like it's your it's your end of the life. It can. Yes. Pain. Yeah. Pain can definitely uh, bring on lots of feelings. Yeah. It, it's a, it, is a, it, can, it is definitely emotionally um, an emotional situation and it's hard. It mm-hmm. is very hard being in a hospital. So I could, I mean, I totally relate to, um, um, barley in this moment and how he could feel afraid for sure oh yeah i think many of i think many of us can oh absolutely i didn't that's, get that's, over it until i was out of college <laughs> that's very real oh yeah huh i can see that mm-hmm. i mean now we face hospitals but <laughs> yes <laughs> we've had a while to get used to it so um but you know um and and, and there it's just it is scary and there is anxiety around being in a hospital so it's very, it's a very relatable. Yes. And it's one of those things um, where if you haven't been through it yet, you will. Most likely at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And many, um, 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 it, with the circumstances that we're having, 
currently with COVID-19, a lot of people are definitely facing that too. And so you can really um, have some empathy for people who are having to face being in a hospital, um, mm-hmm. especially being alone in a hospital would be really hard. That would be tough. Yes, yes. So yeah, because there is a, is, there's such a point where you do need somebody in a hospital advocating for you. So yes, yes. And um, having, I I think I just can't even imagine what that would be like having a loved one in the hospital and not being able to be there with them, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're having to be quarantined. So I really, you know, um, feel for families that are having to go through that or have had to go through that. Right. So we find Barley and Ian um, at their last obstacle. Um, Oh, yeah. It was like a green um, gloss goo that, that pretty much... That pretty much like deletes anything when it gets sucked in. In oh, I, I was talking about that tunnel they had to go up into. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I think that was the part. Okay. Yeah. And this is kind of a really scary scene because you you see them really um, having to figure out a situation and quite quickly to get out of it, and they, and they use their dad <laughs> to get out of it. Um, and they, I, I think this was. This had to be, sorry, uh, if you haven't figured out since now, this is all spoilers. And this is probably the biggest spoiler of this entire movie. Is they, you know, they get, they go through all these challenges. They get through the tunnel. They get their dad to press the button at the bottom of the tunnel that opens up the top so they can get out and discover the the Phoenix gem. And eventually, they're back near college. The high school. The high school. Yeah, and they... Get past the manhole cover, and they are standing right in front of Ian's high school, and they are standing right in front of the fountain, which we didn't mention before, but Barley had chained himself to at the beginning to save the historic mystical fountain. And right in front of the construction. And right in front of the construction, and this is where we have um, John Ratzenberger, (laughs) this big moment as a construction worker. Mm And um, I think at this moment, they're very defeated. Yeah, because it's just like, oh, they just, their adventure was a big loophole. Well, yeah. Oh, well, not a loophole, but just a loop. <laughs> I guess there was a hole. <laughs> yes. And, or maybe know, they just, they just mi- missed a, sec- a, second, a second gate. Right, right. You almost they would think that, did we do something wrong? Like, this can't <laughs> possibly be the answer. But, you know, they, they do. They arrive here and they realize the fountain has had the Phoenix gem the entire time. And, of course, at that very moment, um, what the manticore had feared comes to fruition. And a huge dragon beast uh, comes, which is, I thought this was clever, very, very clever, is created out of all of the junk around there like all the construction pieces like it's formed by whatever it finds around there yeah i thought it was it was like constructing to like a to like a like deceased dragon of some type a deceased dragon like some former dragon that was around the mythical world mm-hmm. yeah, like some sort of like spirit uh, was awoken and manifested it, itself in this way true yeah so you have another big fight scene. Now, was this too chaotic for you, Fiona? I I, I thought Elias was about to have laughs that it just it just took for his face. It just took in like the 
the the mascot of the high school. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> that was super cute. I agree. <laughs> that was something else. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the mascot of the of the high school was a dragon, and the face came was ripped off the wall and became the face of the the dragon. Which yeah. that was super cute because it was like a super cute dragon. Mm-hmm. You know the the mascot <laughs> it was not yeah. a fierce dragon. Yeah. <laughs> so you have the super cute dragon trying to kill them. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you if you if you like hit it a few times, it 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 it, 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 it multiplies part of its face and tries to be scary. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Along with finally getting the Phoenix Gem, finally getting the spell right, and fighting the dragon, the Manticores and their mom has arrived with the sword, and and it helps them. Like I think their mom at this point has kind of figured out what's going on, and and jumps in there to to help them out in this situation. Along with the and this is near the part where Ian was getting a, a dilemma situation. Okay, what's that dilemma, Fiona? Like I think there was it was near when he was. He he had to restore the crystal to, to to officially meet his dad or get the sword to to like stop anything that that's chaotic in around the the town. Right. So he had to make a decision whether he was gonna be able to see his dad or not. Like who's gonna defeat the dragon and who gets to see dad. Yeah, and and Elias think this part was terrible. Spoiler: He never gets to meet his dad officially. Yeah, Elias was really upset that Ian never got to meet his dad and going through all that. But, um, you know, Barley had sacrificed so much for him along the way that Ian was re- kind of returning the favor and giving Barley that last moment to, to say goodbye to the, to the dad. And the point is, if, well, if, if the point was bringing him back to life, well, to make the, path, the passing family story more sensible, he, he just lasts for 24 hours. Right, right. They there was definitely a time limit on how long their dad would be on the on the earth. So were you upset, Ryan, that Ian never met his dad? Um, no. I thought it was a really good plot twist. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, I don't think I was trying to make it like a a punch in the brain for me. I think it saved the movie. Yeah, I, I really like that part of it. I think it made the movie real. Like that was. Mm. I, I, cause if up to there, like, you know, we're talking about that checklist that they had going on. You were kind of like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. And it was fun. And they put, you know, you'd have the drama and the com- comedic relief, but until that moment when that whole twist plot and everything falls apart and nothing goes right, it really, I think it, it definitely saved the mo- the movie and made it, made it so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought it was, it just kind of like showed a full development of Ian. Mm-hmm. And Which, also, I mean, in it, reality, you never get to meet your dad. Like you don't get a second chance. And Because you know. it turns out that Ian's true mean was not, not to just, not to meet his dad, but to be like his dad. Absolutely. That's really good insight, Fiona. Yeah. And I think that would have been exactly... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really put that together until now. Thank you. But but, but there, I I have the I have the cyclopedia here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. Yeah, that for sure, because that would have been a choice his dad would have made was for 
he would have he would have he would have done that for somebody else to to he would have finished the spell and let the other person get to do whatever needed to be done. Absolutely. And I love at that moment where he's going over that list that he's made um, about his dad and realizes that Barley has been everything he needed up to that point. Mm -hmm. But he has had family there to support him. Right. Absolutely. The whole way through. Yeah. All right. I feel like rating this movie. Let's rate this movie. That's a brilliant idea. Another brilliant idea from Fiona. How many, right. how <laughs> many, how many out of five gems do you rate this? <laughs> Out of five Mickey ear gems. All right, who's going first? I'll go first. All right, you go. Okay, I'll I'll try to make it make it a five because I I knew all the writers of this film weren't trying to copy any anything else down. Okay. As as you think this this the style of the film may look like a DreamWorks film, but the story of it is not. And yes, I did mention how how some people thought. The Star Elving came came as a twist to to Monsters University. We get well. We obviously mentioned the characters are like a bunch are like mutant to two other animals. Okay. Yeah. So I guess onward was kind of ba based around uh, a a met a a message one of these real life pe people have have had, and I guess when critics review that, uh oh. Since some people thought that Zootopia was DreamWorks, where where it's like seeing non-human characters and and like refer referencing pop pop culture city, which I think it's like uh oh oh on where with these mental cre creatures, I wouldn't have that that much in in mind for for Fantasia, with 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 with, with the centaurs, but I guess. There's been there's been a lot of Pixar films where they try to base it around f fairy tale fairy tales with with the mythical feelings into it, and I guess this was their long plan long plan story, like well obviously Bugs Life uh, around Ants and the Grasshopper, mm -hmm. and it feels feels like when when people were around were around. Brave, they're all like, oh, that that was almost like Pixar's personality. I mean, interpretation of a just Disney movie because a lot of girls really like that movie. Oh yeah. But I know for our upcoming movie Soul, where it it kind of takes up from it kind of picks up from details from from Inside Out. So I think this is how Pixar these days are mostly going by like recycling their animation animation techniques and almost style? almost lost ideas okay so you think onward kind of has a monsters university that's what some people ha have in mind well he worked on that movie yes dan Scan scanlon did he directed and wrote it so is it ryan's turn now okay, okay. all right ryan where are you gonna rate this movie um, I think I would give this one somewhere around four Mickey years. Okay. I found it entertaining. I like the details in it, and um, I've watched it a few times. Was there a little something wrong with it? Oh, I don't. I don't know. If, I don't. I wouldn't say like. I don't think like wrong. I think it's a really good film. 
I'm just trying to think in terms of putting it in context with, I, I mean, there are, uh, there are some other Pixar films that I uh, have enjoyed more than this one. Um, so like, like I, I love like Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that one, that one would be like a five. Well, yeah, it, Mickey it, it can be film. hard to ga- gaps your opinions on something new, obviously. So I think I, I would, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a few other, it's up there. It's like way better than like Cars 2 or 3. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I like it because it's an original storyline too. I don't know. I think, fun. I think people were meant to hate Cars 2 because there just wasn't more of Lane McQueen and Rainier Springs. Yeah. <laughs> So compare, like, you know, when you're comparing it there, um, I would put it, I would definitely put it, it's like, it's a really, I think it's a solid movie. Um, I like all of the details that are in this film. Um, I like the animation and I just found it a thoroughly enjoyable film. Um, I think the one thing that would have made it better was probably a stronger musical score. It didn't. Really, I mean, it had one, but yeah, it was kind of underlying. It didn't drive the story forward. It just kind of accompanied it. Yeah, yeah. So, and a lot of times you'll get like, you'll get something where the music really is super integral to the movie. And right. I, I mean, you know, I just, it was fine. It was, it was okay, but it wasn't, it wasn't like some of the other films that like, you know, Toy Story and ratatouille like i i think of those those films and their music's amazing yeah with people having conversation with animation it's like if you look back to the first toy story it was feel like somebody would make fun of that animation oh because it's so rough still yeah it's not as cleaned up as it is now yeah but the story is amazing so yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the soundtrack was done by Michael Dana and Jeff Dana, who are brothers, and they also did the soundtrack for The Good Dinosaur, which I haven't seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good one. I mean, you know. I, I have seen, but yeah, it's one of those Pixar films where I just only seen once. Yeah, we, I probably need to watch that. And then they also did the soundtrack for Storks mm-hmm. and a movie called Breadwinner. Which was uh, made, I think it was in two, 2017. It's about um, a girl living under Taliban rule in Afghanistan. So it's a PG 13, even though it's an animation, it's definitely, you know, towards an older crowd for sure. And they seem to be really into Celtic music. Yeah. So that, that's kind of understandable. It kind of has that folksy Celtic vibe streaming musically through that. I think that was it. Like, there's no driving um, lyrical music. Now, they have one at the end that was written by Brandi Carlisle, which I was telling you about earlier. Um, she, her big breakout yeah. album was in 2007, uh, uh, called Story. And she's kind of a folk rock. Sometimes some people call her alternative country. I really see her as a folk rock person. I saw her in concert around that time. And her, mm. her music was picked up by a lot of TV shows during that for those sad moments, <laughs> TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I really like her music. And I think I would have liked more of it. Yeah, it probably, I think, I think you're right. I think that would have helped 
the I think that would have definitely helped the film a little bit mm-hmm. more. And then the music was good. Don't get me wrong. It's just, you know, when you think back to some of the iconic ones, like when you're thinking Toy Story mm-hmm. and Cars and even like a movie like Ratatouille, like the the soundtracks for those films are so integral integral to the to the to the how the to the story oh absolutely and this one this one was just i mean it was there but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't along those kind of lines mm-hmm. so it's a anyway um but that's that I, I think four mickey ears for me how about you colleen i'm pretty much in the same boat that you are um it was we had seen the trailer. I think we mentioned before we'd seen a, a long, elongated trailer at the parks. I think the week that it came out, and that really kind of uh, brought us into wanting to see the movie, even because we weren't really even interested just seeing the trailers. And uh, it was better than I thought it was going to be, for sure. The story was better. Um, I don't. Yeah, it's not one of Pixar's like top ten. I don't. Mm-mm. You know, it's it's different um there's a, a lot going on some of it could have been cleaned up even a little bit i think uh, i was like three and a half four stars with this i i think it's absolutely it's better than 95 percent of the animated features that come out for children <laughs> mm-hmm. you look at it that way that yeah i think you really drove it home with the music you you didn't come out singing anything like where in you know- it, it didn't almost do so it's like watercolor moments like Pinocchio and Dumbo. Oh, okay. I yeah, no. Um it's a different type of style of animation. It definitely more towards Monsters University, but even more I think they even pushed it further with this animation. Um I I, I think I would have I, I think that the characters are almost too recognizable and not unique enough in their styling. I would have liked to see them push mm. that a little further where I didn't think it was another movie. Like even my son go, Oh, they look like Smurfs. So <laughs> rethinking that revisiting, um, the concept art for it. I mean, I love the colors in it, but, um, yeah, I would have liked it to stand alone a little bit more and be a little more unique in its styling. Even though I did enjoy the unicorns being grungy and gross. Like I, I, you know, I liked how they. That was brilliant. Yeah, and a different take on unicorns. I thought I loved it. I was like, I was like, I'm like, I, that that actually was a hook for me when yeah. the unicorns were. I thought that was funny. I was like, yes. was I, I thought there was like a lot a lawsuit about that. Oh no, that's Guinevere. Yeah, there is a lawsuit about that, but uh, about the fan, Guinevere that they drove. But I liked how they had yeah. the the unicorn pest control. Yes, yes. Oh, that unicorns are pests in this world. I thought that was funny. That was cute. Different take on unicorns. Yeah. Because I like unicorns too, but it was just, you know, they were not cutesy. Yeah, but it, no. it feels like, it feels like they, they, they've lost their brain power while the, while, while the modern stuff just moved in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hold on. I'm okay, bringing up this, this story for Fiona. Okay, so yes, so the Guinevere van was actually um, completely copied. (laughs) Oh no! From this uh, San Francisco artist, Sweet Cecilia Danier. She's accused them of it too. She had a 1972 Chevrolet G10 van, Vanicorn. And they even, I, I think they even like brought it to like some 
thing they some event they had at the mm-hmm. studio a Pixar function yes yeah. <laughs> so yeah you can look it up uh, uh, maybe I'll put it on our our webpage looking at her van and looking at their van uh, you know <laughs> sorry Pixar yeah kind of stepped over the line and I think everything would have just been completely fine if they had just been completely upfront with her and asked yeah and then monetarily borrowed it from her and i am not reading the instagram contact yeah don't do that (laughs) yeah instagram comments are not pg rated all right (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) but yeah if you don't have disney plus this is a great reason to get disney plus to watch this movie and the other movies that are coming this summer i'm really fascinated about artemis fowl because that, mm-hmm. you know, that's a movie level, a movie theater level movie coming to their, to their platform. Should be awesome. So I'm going to play you some Brandy Carla right now, Ryan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like good. Are we good, Fiona? And next week we will, are we mentioning another movie about deceased, deceased parents? We are. And, and sip, sibling type hu- humor kids. We are. Pollyanna. <laughs> yeah, that's coming up. <laughs> Next week. All right, we good? Yep. All right. Lines across my face Tell you the story of who I am So many stories of where I've been And now I got to where I am But these stories got no one to tell them to it's true I was made for you I climbed across the mountain tops swam all across the earth. I watch you grow away from me in photographs and memories like spies Salt betrays my eyes again. I started losing sleep and gaining weight, and wishing I was ten again, so I could be a friend again. These days we go to waste like wines, it's turned to turpentine till it's six a.m. and I'm Short time, so I fall back in line. But I'm warning you, we're growing up. I heard you found some pretty words to say. I've got something to say. I'm not asking you to move on or forget it, but these are better days to be wrong all along and admit it. Is not amazing grace But to be loved Like a song you remember Even when you've changed Tell me Did I go on a tangent Did I love through my teeth Did I cause you to stumble on your feet 
Did I bring shame on my family? Did it show and I was weak? Whatever you see, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Around here, it's the hardest time of year. Waking up the days are even gone. joining us on another episode of Diz Podopolis. We are so glad you can spend the time with us. Um, but unfortunately, it's time for us to say goodbye to all our company. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> all right, Fiona. M-I-C-K-E-Y. M-O-U-S-E. Is that the rest of the lyrics is? Yes. Yes, there's been many tears for these parks to close. So oh, far. yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's been sad. Are you ready to say goodnight yes. to everybody? I would Fiona? like to say a big um, elbow high five goodnight <laughs> for for me along with 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 Mia and and, and her mom and uh-huh. what's her brother's name? Milo and and Milo, who who mom made a response that he could do the rest of my sound effects for for my girls' Mount achievement animations. He's gonna help you with that. Yes. Yes. And he wrote you a theme song. Yes, which is classic Hawaii, which I think he thought I, I, uh, that was that was my key theme to music. You're hard to peg down music-wise. But I thought, hey, hey, when I said I, I have my I have my own theme song, mm-hmm. inter- introduction theme. Yep, pretty cool. And you can reach Fiona um, as Fiona Toad Girl on um, Instagram and on Twitter. Yeah, and don't call me ugly because we just we we just mentioned a bu- a, a bunch of mutant mythical creatures on this episode. You're not a unicorn. I'm not. not I'm, I'm I'm not a toad that could possibly be muted with a with a gecko. Probably. <laughs> You're not Greklin. I don't know. Or there could be toads muted being muted with sea like sea swamp monsters. There you go. Why not? It's because you like Mr. Toad. That's my Toad Girl. You like yeah, but toad. it feels like now it's like, oh, that's a character that's been out outdated for me now. Oh, yeah. you've moved on. It happens. And Fiona Art, uh, Fiona Hale, artist on Facebook. 
also from Armadillo Publishing's, where mom mom takes takes even bigger notes of of how what I'm trying what I'm trying to say. Yes, well, we we've been working on that a lot since you've been home. We're interpreting your writing to make sure it's clear, clearly communicated to everybody. Because you have some amazing thoughts, we just need to rearrange them grammatically so people, everyone can understand. And it's perfect because I use them around Disney characters. I like. There you go. Yeah, and that's not easy. That's hard for everybody. (laughs) Takes time and practice. All right. Um. So you can reach me at Ryan Flint underscore edu. Um, and I'll say good night to Aunt Dolores and my mom. Uh, thank you to all our listeners for joining us tonight. It's, uh, it, we appreciate you. So, and stay safe. Yeah, and um, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody out there, to my mom and, and Aunt Lynette. And we hope you enjoyed our conversation tonight about Onward. And I think it's a it's a great movie to bring up with your family and to have some um communication about you know life and death and how we handle things honestly it's a great one and i think that's what's great about pixar movies is it does it brings up conversations in the home just like when inside out came out and fiona uh, really uh, enjoyed that movie in the way that it helped her communicate her feelings better with her autism and as elias quote yeah, and then like Disney movies where they just have, they do have all magical stuff, but it feels like they just purposely come true. <laughs> they come true. <laughs> That's an Elias fought. Oh, boy. Well, he does have a feel. That's for sure. That's why we've had him on the podcast a few times. Oh, yeah. He has some good ideas and thoughts. <laughs> yes, definitely. Always entertaining. All right. Good night, everybody. Stay safe and stay close to your loved ones, and we'll see you real soon. And now it's time for a trip around the park and a kiss goodnight.
I want to say a really bad theme song for Onward. Oh boy. One little sight that I cannot have a face to extreme. <laughs> that That is upward and onward. Oh, to, she, yeah. to out of mushroom tin. She's always making fun of me because I, always, I could never remember the name of the movie. I kept calling it Upward. Oh. <laughs> Up something. That, that's funny. Dispodopolis is a EFA Solutions production. All music and interviews remain the copyright of their respectful owners and are being used under the Creative Commons license law. All other content remains the copyright of EFA Solutions, LLC. This broadcast is not affiliated with Disney or any of the Disney properties, and the opinions expressed in this broadcast belong to the hosts and guests.